Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There's one thing I agree with. Cromwell and the Taliban are right. Music is the devil's work. Devil's work and we're not having any devil in this bloody studio. You understand that? Yeah. All right. This is it. Now, why am I here? What's the purpose of life? Well, I've found the meaning of life. See if you can guess. It's a seven-letter word and it starts with C. That is the meaning of all life everywhere on the planet Earth. Don't know about the universe. Now, the Wednesday Action Group. Yes, that motley crew of wonderful, elderly, disreputable, golden oldies with an occasional young one thrown in to be sacrificed. They will be today outside your Australian Broadcasting Corporation at 120 South Bank Boulevard. That's right, 120 South Bank Boulevard in the city of Melbourne. They'll be there from 11.30 to 12.30. At 12.30, they will wander away for a coffee. Some have lives and they will go and conduct their lives. Others will have a coffee. So today... And next week, on the 25th of May, they'll be outside the Australian Stock Exchange at 525 Collins Street. But today, 120 South Bank Boulevard. Yes, we are waiting. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. This to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Well, 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 here we are once again on the anarchist world this week. And guess what? Planet Earth is still here. Hasn't disintegrated. We haven't been lifted off by the Martians. God hasn't come down and revealed herself. It's just the anarchist world this week and you and me. What a boring little crew we are. What a boring little crew we are trying to change things. We should do what most other Australians do is, you know, just sit back and let it let the shit flow over us and then lick it. Hmm? Well, no, not on the anarchist world this week. We believe change is not only needed, it will occur. I shouldn't have used the believe believe word. We know. No, not believe. No. Because obviously when you believe something, it's really just your thoughts, isn't it? Just your thoughts. You believe something, does it have any basis in fact? Well, we know that change, radical social change, will occur, must occur. 
If you wonder what anarchy is all about, an anarchist society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of of uh, communities without rulers, anarchos without rulers. And how do you do that? You create a society where wealth is held in common and people involved in the decision make that decision and then appoint or elect recallable delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, regional and national level. Now, there is one great weakness in this argument. In order to have a democratic society where wealth is held in common, you need participation. Participation at every level is what is needed, and that's the dilemma. We live in a society where participation is discouraged, not welcome. They like to you know, consult. They like to hear our opinions, but they don't want us to be involved in those decision-making processes, except, except every three to four years when you're forced by legislation to cast a ballot. That's right, to elect a representative like me, hmm? a representative who has no reason to honour any of their promises because you've got a cushy job for three to four years, I can promise you the earth and nothing can happen and hey presto, I represent myself three years down the track and it's all like it's a new shiny Mercedes, isn't it? Hmm? Well, let's not think about that. All right, today I want to talk about a number of interesting topics. Now, you may find them boring, and if you do find them boring, please turn off. Life is too short to listen to people who are boring, and if it's the ideas are boring, move along, move along. Do you think I care if you listen or don't listen? Do you think I know? All right? But if you are interested, you are interested in ideas, you know, you keep hope in your pocket and you pull it out and you know shine it every day hope the love child desire and expectation the desire for change and the expectation that change will occur if you're the type of person who's active or wants to be active or thinking about being active who understands that ultimate political authority in a democratic society doesn't rest in parliament it doesn't rest in the hands of the bureaucrat the permanent bureaucracy it doesn't rest in the hands of the state or the armed forces, that ultimate political authority in a democratic society rests in the hands of the people. And if the people are not willing to exercise that authority, you get the governments you deserve. And that's the fascinating thing about this election campaign, which I'm actively involved in currently, is the level of disillusionment and anger in the general community and the sophistication of the analysis because we tend to dismiss, say, oh, well, what do people know, you know? They don't know anything. They just sit there watching TV, playing on the net, clicking their little click, click, click on the internet, you know? But there is a great deal of understanding of what's happening in this society today. There may not be any ideas of what to do about it or how, how to tackle it, and there may be a great deal of disillusionment with the current political processes, and I understand why that disillusionment is there. But the key seems to be, what do we do next? What do you and I do next? The problem is obvious. It is obvious. 
You'd have to be blind and deaf. You'd have to be living in a vacuum not to know what the problem is. And the problem is very simple and it's a problem which nobody really wants to talk about. They'll mention it, but there's no panels or in-depth discussions or major programs or politicians waxing lyrical about the fact that power in this country no longer lies in Parliament, if it ever did. Power in this country lies in the hands of transnational corporations whose major responsibility and only responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. That's their role. And we as a people have facilitated the creation of a society where ultimate political authority rests in the hands of unaccountable corporations, not in the hands of the people. And that's why the people are beginning to grumble and be angry and internalise their anger. Because we're at the period where people are internalising their anger. They look at the perfect world and the perfect bodies and the perfect minds around them, which are flashed up in front of them continuously, whether it's on the World Wide Web or the television or the radio or advertising. Perfect bodies, perfect minds, perfect people, perfect families. It's all hunky-dory in capitalist never-never land. Hunky-dory, lovely, lovely, lovely. And they think, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Because you really have to think about it, don't you? Here we are in the 21st century. Life expectancies have never been longer in human history. The ability to tackle disease and cure diseases which would have killed millions of people less than than five decades ago is almost within the reach of many people in Western society. I'm not talking about the world as a whole. I'm talking about Australia, Western society. The illusion that somehow we are involved in the decision-making process when we cast our ballot every three to four years is, you know, is waning, is waning. People are beginning to understand that it's not just about casting a ballot every three to four years. It's about participating all along. It's about pressuring, pushing, demanding, wanting. But a lot of people somehow think and believe they're the issue. They're not attractive enough. They're too short. They're too tall. They're the wrong skin colour. They're not happy with their sexuality. They're depressed. They're not happy at work. And it's all their fault. So we have this huge, huge number of people in Australian society today who are suffering 21st century problems, which are having major impacts on their personal lives because it's all about 
the individual, isn't it? It's all about individual creativity, individual power. So if you can't achieve that perfect body, that perfect mindset, that perfect job, have those perfect children and those perfect grandchildren and the perfect home and the perfect car and boat and holidays, well, obviously there's something wrong with you. You're the problem. And so people internalise their anger and their disillusionment. And that's why drug addiction, whether it's so-called legal or illegal drugs, is such a huge problem and a growing problem in Australia today. Personal violence, another huge issue. Another huge issue, a growing issue, family dysfunction, family breakdown, interpersonal relationships that are going nowhere and will never go anywhere. Not because of the failure of the individual, but the failure of the individual to understand that ultimately, although they are responsible for their actions, ultimately the type of person you are, your mindset to a large degree reflects the type of community and society we live in. And if it's good to honour Mammon, if it's good to worship at Mammon's altar, if it's good to rip off your fellow citizens, if it's good to lie, if it's good not to pay taxes, if it's good to minimise your income, if it's good, you know, to be obnoxious on a daily basis, little trolls all over the place, if it's good to do that, well, what do you expect individuals to do in their own personal lives? When the examples that are put before us are so wanting... I mean, who are the heroes and heroines of 21st century Western society? Who are our heroes and heroines? The celebrity. The actor. As if an actor has something to say. The celluloid hero. The unreal. You know. All these characters which exist in the celluloid virtual world who are nothing but the creation of individuals. So there is no empathy. People burn themselves in Nauru because of the unbearable, untenable situation and we shrug our shoulders and say, well, they're refugees, aren't they? They shouldn't have come here in the first place. They're all illegals, aren't they? We should shoot them, shouldn't we? Mindset. We create this mindset where it's the individual which is at fault. Although, as individuals, we all have faults and we all have feet of clay. The reality is it's not an individual issue. To a significant degree, the dysfunction we see in society today at a personal level as well as a community level is a direct 
consequence of the type of society we have created. There's no role for the honest worker in this society. There's no role for the person who does what they can to bring up their families in the most difficult of circumstances. There's no role for those people who are stupid enough to pay taxes. There's no role for the honest worker who puts in an honest day's work and gets a miserable pay packet at the end of that honest day's work. But there is a role. There is a role in 21st century Australia for the investment class. There is a role for the 1%, that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, who set the political, social and cultural agenda on a daily basis in this country. And we see it as this election campaign grinds on, as we see the Murdoch media do what it's best at doing, lying, lying doing anything in order to ensure that their people will get into power so they can continue to bludge. So there are personal solutions as well as community solutions. And I'm not talking about a community garden and I'm not talking about some, you know, some therapy, individual psychotherapy or the newest, brightest you know, tablets. We're talking about social change, social change which values individual contribution. It doesn't value those people who, you know, acquire money and exploit labour in order to make themselves richer and more grandiose and write their own epitaphs. It's not about that. But that's what we have. We have a society where the ordinary human being who does the best they can in the most difficult of situations where they're ostracised, spat on, marginalised, called on to cast a ballot every three to four years. I mean, the mantra of 21st century society. We all know the mantra of 21st century society, Western society. Consume, consume, consume defecate, and most importantly of all, die quietly. Don't make a fuss. Don't complain. There's no point, is there? There's no point complaining. There's no point organising because it'll never change. That's what we're told on a daily basis. The aphrodisiac, the aphrodisiac of the ruling class, despair. Our despair their joy, their aphrodisiac, their climax. And those of you like Mr Turnbull who tell us on a daily basis there is no class war in this country, think again. On every available indicator, every available indicator, since the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation revolution began 40 years ago. That's right. 40 years ago. Corporatisation. What's corporatisation? It's when 
unaccountable corporations dominate economic activity. Little side issue. Dairy farmers are crying. There were 26,000 dairy farmers 12, 15 years ago. There are 6,000 now. They're crying. You know why they're crying? Because they allowed the industry to be deregulated, demutualized, decooperatized. And now they find that they are the playthings of the international money markets. They are the playthings of the corporate sector. What did they expect? What do you think? What do you think made Australia four decades ago an example? The fact that ordinary people had come together through trade unions, through community organisations, had come together to push their barrow, had come together to say we are no longer happy with the crumbs that have been, you know, swiped off the corporate table. We want to sit at the table. We want a share of the cake. And they did it through collective action and mutual aid. But we have forgotten that story. It's now about individual action. It's all about, you know, the individual being the problem, not society, not our decision-making processes, not the community, not the things we aspire to be, the celluloid garbage we aspire to be on a daily basis all around us. We see it. We see it happening to our children and our grandchildren and our friends and our relatives. This insidious 24-hour drip capitalist water torture every day of our existence. Sugar-coated, sugar-coated, you know, in technological marvels, YouTube, the internet, television, Radio, yes, even radio, sugar-coated, it's your problem. We've got a solution. Buy the book, follow the orders, buy the food, come and see us. We'll sort out your problems. As long as you've got the cash, we'll look after you. You need the cash, boy. You haven't got the cash, borrow the cash, buy the money, pay a bit, 20% interest rate on your credit card, we'll look after you. We know. The problem's yours. You were born that way. It's a genetic problem, isn't it? You know, your parents made you that way. It's never society. Never what's happening around us, is it? This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Now, a few little... Announcements because what we try to do for the Anarchist Institute is get involved and initiate, not involved, but initiate, initiate campaigns and activities which give people some sense of purpose and self-worth. That's what it's about. It's about purpose and self-worth and the ability to organise and the ability to be, become part of a community where the individual, you know, is... Welcome. Well, we don't want to create an individual who looks like every other individual. We 
welcome individual variety and need. So a few things you can get involved in. And again, unfortunately, most of these are based in Melbourne. But the thing is, you can do the same thing in your community. It doesn't take much energy. It really doesn't. People say, how can you get involved in all this stuff? How can the Anarchist Institute initiate all these campaigns and activities? Well, it takes a little bit of enthusiasm. It takes a little bit of drive. But more importantly, it takes a little bit of imagination. Because society is crying out for people who are willing to show, demonstrate that change is not only possible, desirable, but it's also possible and it can happen in our lifetime. Not when we're dead, but in our lifetime. So a few things, if you're interested. Join us on Marbo Day, Friday the 3rd of June, midday, Federation Square, Melbourne, corner of Flinders and Swanson Street. And we come together once a year on Marbo Day, a day which is losing significance in the Australian lexicon. We come together to celebrate the 24th anniversary of the historic High Court judgment delivered on the 3rd of June, 1992, that recognised Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders had rights to land in law because of their prior occupation of this land, irrespective of how the native title judgment has been watered down over the past 24 years by successive Liberal and Labor governments, irrespective of the bucket loads of extinguishment which were placed on that judgment which was delivered on the 3rd of June 1992 irrespective of the fact that it didn't actually recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sovereignty over the lands. Irrespective of that, this judgment is the most important point in the reconciliation process in Australian history. It is a judgment that has been written out of the Australian days of celebration. After 204 years of denying that this land was occupied by people, the High Court of this country, in its wisdom, decided that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders had rights to land in law under the Native Title Act to land because they were the prior owners of this land before the colonisation process displaced them in the most brutal way. An extraordinary day which should be celebrated, which is celebrated in parts of Australia. Marbo Day, the 3rd of June. So we encourage you, put it in your calendar, join us at Federation Square in Melbourne at the corner of Flinders and Swanson Street at midday. That's right, Friday the 3rd of June at midday. Also, I'd like to remind you that on the 4th of June, what an important, what a big day, what a big weekend we're having. On the 4th of June, there is a public forum at Ballarat's Trades Hall, which has been organised by the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion Celebrations Group, which I'm convener of, to highlight and discuss the fact that never... Never, 
in the hundreds and let me get this right in the in the hundred and sixty one year history of the Eureka Rebellion. 162-year history of the Eureka Rebellion, has the Eureka flag been flown on the main flagpole of the Ballarat City Hall? This is a city which wraps itself in the Eureka flag. This is a city whose businesses use the Eureka symbol to augment their profits. This is a symbol which puts itself, a city which puts itself on the map by using the Eureka flag as a tourist law, lure, law, whatever, but refuses to honour those men and women involved in the Eureka Rebellion, especially those who died in that rebellion, refuses to fly the Eureka flag on the 3rd of December, the anniversary of the Eureka Rebellion, which occurred in 1854. What type of people have we dealing with? And we have been pushing this for 13 years, going up the right channels, through the councillors, to no avail. So it's now going to become a public issue. So we encourage you to come along, 24 Camp Street in Ballarat, just behind the uh, gallery, the Ballarat Art Gallery, Ballarat Trades Hall, historic building. We've been given the uh, hall, by the Ballarat uh, Trades Ballarat Trades and Labor Council for the afternoon. Come along, get involved in the discussion. More importantly, let's work out a campaign that will force embarrass the Ballarat City Council, which is coming up for re-election in October this year, you know, to fly the Eureka flag at least once a year on the main flagpole. On the main flagpole of the Ballarat City Hall. So you're all welcome. You don't have to ring anybody. Doesn't cost anything. The more the merrier. Three guest speakers. Brett Edgington, the uh, Ballarat Trades Hall uh, Secretary. Dr Dorothy Wickham from uh, Ballarat Heritage Services, a well-known Ballarat historian who was responsible for the creation of the Eureka Encyclopedia, who's well-known in historical circles will be speaking on the subject and yours truly obviously will be there have, have a few words to say there are just two things coming up in july and on the next day on the 5th of july sorry 5th of june what a bad boy i am june 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 3rd of june 4th of june 5th of june on the 5th of june we will be uh going to the ballarat cemetery at around eleven thirty to raise the eureka flag on the mass grave Usually what we find within a few months of the Eureka uh, celebrations on the 3rd of December, the flag disappears. So we always like mid-year to put it back up on the mass grave for those people who actually gave, pay the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice. Not for the flag, what it stood for. People who believed that they, they, they were born with inalienable rights and liberties nobody could take away. And if you really find yourself in a dark spot, I suggest you think about the Eureka Oath. It's an extraordinary sentence. It's about each and every one of us. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. One of the most powerful oaths ever taken in human history. And we are the custodians. We are the custodians of what occurred because we live 
on this land. We are the witnesses to what occurred in those custodians. It's important that we maintain, maintain those ideas. All right, I can hear groaning. I can hear a groan, a groan. He's going to talk about the elections. Groan. I can hear it across the country. You know, people are going to groan. He's going to talk about the elections next. I'm not interested. Look, I don't care whether you're interested in the elections or not, whether you're going to vote or not. What I care about is that you get involved. It's one thing sitting on your ass and saying, tut, tut, somebody should do something about that. Well, when you say that, get a mirror and see who's looking at you and then you think, aha, this is the person who should be doing something about that. Hmm? Or I can see you sitting there. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I, I keep saying the Gunner tribe gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's going to s- disappear up its collective arsehole the way it's going. So hopefully you can um, you know, tear up your membership to the Gunner tribe and become part of the Dewey tribe. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. All right, the Toscano for Dunkley campaign. Well, it's limping along, as you'd expect. Nominations opened on the 17th of Tuesday. I went down there and picked up all my little forms. Uh, I'll be staying as an independent in the electorate of Dunkley in Victoria. The electorate of Dunkley is 105 square kilometres. It covers the suburbs of Langwarren, Seaford, Karingal, a little bit of Baxter, a little bit of Sky, Frankston North, Frankston South, Mount Eliza and Mornington. There's about 100,000 electors in the electorate, about 250,000 people, around 200,000 people live in the electorate. So it's an interesting little slice of Australia. And two reasons, three reasons we picked the electorate of Dunkley to stand in. One, it is the electorate that has most public interest before corporate interest members. We have over 720 members currently but at least 20% of our members live in that electorate because we've got a very strong branch in that electorate that's been campaigning, working hard over the last uh, 12 months. Secondly, it is a Liberal-held electorate. It's been held by the Liberals for the last 20 years. So unlike the Greens, you're not going to see me you know, fight over some inner-city uh, Labor electorate, I mean. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. It'd be nice to see some green activists in the electorate of Dunkley, let alone some of the other marginal liberal electorates. I mean, what a waste of time. The ALP and the Liberal go, and the Greens going head-to-head over a few gentrified inner-city seats. Who gives a shit? I mean, if that's the, that's, if that's the nature of the uh, Green Party today, I'm, I feel sorry for them. Well, considering their alliance with the Liberal National Party in passing laws which disenfranchise millions of Australians, which will see the Liberal National Party uh, gain the ascendancy and have their majority, if not the absolute majority, in the Senate after the next uh, double disillusion election. You begin to understand, you know, uh, people's dis- growing dissatisfaction, which the current leadership of the Greens Party is pushing the Greens. But we'll see whether it pays dividends electorally. 
We'll see what happens to their total vote. We'll see whether they win those gentrified inner city seats they're fighting so hard for. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, time will tell, like it does with everything else. So, you know the campaign. Well, you may not know the campaign. Look, it's a very simple campaign. I've got opinions on everything. You know that. Regular listeners to the program, you know, programs, podcasts. You can go on the net. You can see what I've said about this or that in the past. Happy for the uh, mass media to put it on their front page. Who gives a shit? But I think I think the important thing is the important thing is there is one central issue in this election campaign which nobody is willing to touch. There is only one major issues and it affects each and every Australian whether you're a resident whether you're a citizen, whether you're on a bridging visa, whether you're a visitor. It affects each and every one of us. Because as, the, as a consequence of the corporatisation, deregulation, globalisation and privatisation tsunami which has swept over this country during the past 40 years, what we have seen is there were assets which were held in common, services which provided to each individual irrespective of their income being privatised, being outsourced. And we are seeing the necessity to put our hands in our pockets every time to access public facilities, public health, public education, and the list goes on and on. And if you haven't got the assets in your pocket to access them, you go on a waiting list, a waiting list, a waiting list, a waiting list. Ask anybody on a public housing waiting list. Not social housing, which is controlled by, you know, religious-based organisations or welfare, you know, uh, organisations, but public housing. So what is this central issue? The central issue is that we live in a society where there are bludgers, bludgers who exercise power, corporate bludgers. It's a little bit like having a guest in your home who won't do the washing up, won't wash their clothes, won't make their bed, but expects to be fed expects to use the computer in the television room, expects to be waited on hand and foot. This is what's happening in our home in Australia. We have corporate bludgers who are sucking the country dry, bludgers who don't pay tax, bludgers who get handouts from the government, handouts of public money in order to run their businesses, their empires, bludgers who use the facilities in this country but refuse to actually pull their weight. These corporate bludgers, these leeches, these maggots are 
a burden on society and have a major impact on the lives of every man, woman and child who is not part of the bludging class, who is not part of the investment class in the society. And that's over 80% of the Australian population. And it's important that legislation be put in place which ensures that these bludgers, these corporate bludgers, pay their way. We're not demanding that we nationalise their assets. We're not demanding they go offshore. We're not demanding they get out of the country. All we are saying is meet your responsibilities to the country. In a globalised economy, it is impossible to use traditional taxation methods to get the corporate bludgers who now control the parliamentary agenda and the parliamentary parties to actually pay their fair share. So we need new ways of thinking in terms of ensuring these corporate bludgers no longer receive handouts from the public and pay a little bit of tax. So what we need is a tax akin to a GST, what I describe as a corporate GST, a tax which is actually applied at the point of sale, at the point of income, which doesn't allow profits to be diverted offshore, which doesn't allow corporations to use fancy accountants, you know, to legally minimise their tax to $248, like Chevron did, a multi-billion dollar company, or legally, of course. All these people work legally because our politicians are so weak-kneed, are so gutless, are so spineless, you know, they're like amoebas, no backbone. They bend over every time they're asked to bend over, jump every time they're asked to jump by the corporate sector because we know the corporate sector in this country is so powerful that it determines the parliamentary agenda. So what what are these taxes? What is this corporate GST? It is made up of four distinct elements. That's right, four distinct elements. It doesn't need a revolution. It doesn't need blood in the streets. It just needs a little bit of parliamentary legislation. It means that the senators and House of Representatives, you know, members of parliament, actually look after the interests of the people they represent, not the interests of those people who fund their campaigns. Okay, four elements to this corporate GST. One is a 1% stock market turnover tax. And you could put in place little things that say, you know, if you're a mum and dad investor, you invest less than 50000 or something, you don't pay the 1% tax. But a 1% turnover tax. You buy or sell a stock or share on the Australian Stock Exchange, bingo. 1% automatically goes into the Treasury. You can raise $30 billion a year doing this. $30 billion. A 1% turnover tax for corporations with a turnover of more than, say, $5 million, which would exclude 95% of small and micro businesses. Not only would that raise 
$50 billion. And again, you do that at the point of sale. 1%. Bang, 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 bang. Like the GST. Bang, bang, bang. 1% financial transaction tax. Say for financial transactions over $50,000, excluding the family home. Bingo excludes most financial transactions, but captures all those corporate deals that are made. Another $50 billion. And you know that when you go to the shops and you buy your little things and your little TV set and your little computer and you pay your gas bill and you pay your electricity bill, there's a little section that says GST, Good and Services Tax. You can't go to the tax man lady and say, I want my GST as a legal legitimate tax deduction, but if you're a business, you can. So corporate Australia doesn't pay GST. They claim it as a tax deduction. Wouldn't it be nice, say, you pass legislation which says if you've got a turnover of more than $5 million a year, you can't claim your GST as a tax deduction. Hey, Presto, another 40 to $50 billion. You've already raised the budgetary expenditure for $450 billion to $600 billion. And the corporate sector will chug along, make their profits. They won't go offshore. They'll huff and puff and say, we're going to go offshore. They're not going to go offshore. If they do, buy them a Mikey ticket. Get them out of the country or give them a leaky tinny, all right? I'm sure they'll find their way out of the country. But again, these are simple things. This is a simple campaign based on a simple premise. Now, if you want to join the campaign, wonderful. If you're not interested, fair enough. But don't tell me that you're not interested and you're not doing anything. I'm not interested in talking to people who say to me, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, things are horrible. And I say to them, well, what are you going to do about it? Oh, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too sick. I've got responsibilities. Well, I've got all the same shit and so does everybody else. And that's, that, that's the key. We have a great group of people involved in the Toscano for Dunkley campaign, a great group of people who may be old, who may be sick, who may be undergoing chemotherapy or radiotherapy or whatever, but are willing to put the effort because they think that somehow we need to widen that debate. Now, if you'd like to come on board, there's a number of ways you can do it. You can meet me on the Hustings. You like that? Hustings. This Thursday, the 19th of May, between 5 and 6 p.m., I'll be at the Mount Eliza Shopping Centre, which is the corner of Canadian Bay Road and Mount Eliza Road. And next Tuesday, on the 24th of May, between 1 and 2 p.m., I'll be at the Keringle Hub Shopping Centre. Now, this week is an important week because we're racing around trying to get 126 people to nominate me to stand as an independent in the electorate of Dunkley. Now, if you're a registered political party, you wander in, you say, I want one here, one there, one there, there's me money, thank you very much, and you piss off. But if you're an independent candidate, well, it's a little bit more difficult, isn't it? You've got to wander around and find 125 people who are willing to nominate you. You know, they put their name. One, they've got to be in the electoral roll. Two, they put their name, their address, blah, 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 on the nomination form. Hey, presto, they say, we think this person should be standing. Doesn't mean they've got to vote for you. Doesn't mean they're responsible for your actions. It just means they think that there should be a little bit of diversity in the number of candidates. 
and maybe there should be one or two independent candidates. So every independent candidate you see on your House of Representatives uh, ballot paper has had to go through this culling process. Now, I'm hoping to finalise my nomination by Tuesday the 24th of May. We will be meeting outside the Australian Electoral Commission office at midday on Tuesday the 24th of May to pick up all the nomination forms because I've got an appointment that afternoon in order to have the nominations processed. Now, if you do live in the electorate of Dunkley, if you're sick of being part of the Gunner tribe, if you've torn up your membership card to somebody should do something about that tribe and you want to nominate yours truly, Joseph Toscano, to stand in the Dunkley electorate at the federal election on the 2nd of July, all you've got to do is give us a ring. 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Or you can pop down to the Mount Eliza shopping centre at the corner of Canadian Bay Road and Mount Eliza Road this Thursday between 5 and 6pm or down the Kringle Hub shopping centre at the corner of Kringle Drive and Cranbourne Frankston Road on 1pm on Tuesday. Or give us a ring. We'll send somebody down to your house, get you to sign the nomination form and hey presto. Pleasant, polite people who understand that we need to be seen We need not to just consume, defecate and die quietly. People who have torn up their membership of the somebody should do something about that tribe and are on the process of leaving the Gunner tribe. That's the type of people we want. That's what we need because it doesn't matter how often you complain, who you complain to, who you write letters to, what committees you, you go to, change comes only when people are willing to put direct pressure on their parliamentary representatives so that their parliamentary representatives fear the power of the people more than they fear the power of the corporate sector. So if you are interested, give us a tingle. Now, if you are interested now, next week I'll be, uh, once the nomination is confirmed... I'll be making a few other uh, appeals. But if you're interested in the campaign and you're on a computer, go to the Toscano for Dunkley webpage. It's Toscano 4, the number 4, the numeral 4, for Dunkley. Toscano for Dunkley webpage. You can uh, go to the Facebook page, Toscano for Dunkley. That's Toscano number 4, Dunkley. Like me, become a friend. Won't that be nice? We'll be friends forever. Uh, you can uh, write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And don't forget, public interest before corporate interest will be registered as a political party late this year. We've got over 720 members. If you want to become a member... Give us a ring, 0439 395 489. We'll send you out an application form. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Email us at info at So there's a lot of things you get involved in. And if you think all we're doing is a load of shit, well, that's fine. 
why don't you get organised and do your own load of shit? And if there's a lot of shit, we can bury them in the shit, can't we? Okay, listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now, I'd like to end the program by talking about the role of the Murdoch media in this election campaign, every election campaign over the past century. The Murdoch media plays an important role, irrespective of YouTube, irrespective of the World Wide Web, irrespective of every, every chat room in the universe, irrespective, the Murdoch media continues to set the political, social and cultural agenda for the day. And every day you will see lies, the obscure... Lies, 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 lies. But more importantly, what you will see is how they work. You get some poor unemployed problem with an individual with a mental illness, front page news. You get some poor bastard who appears on Q&A, you know, he's got a past criminal conviction, front page news. But when Mr Murdoch, the traitor, gave up his Australian citizenship for 30 pieces of silver so he could set up his business empire in the USA of America. Not front-page news. When the Murdoch empire doesn't pay any tax, not front-page news. When the Panama Papers were released, not front-page news. When the CFMEU hands out a few leaflets outside, the trade union movement hands out a few leaflets outside outside some, you know, an AFL game, front page news. When some corporate giant doesn't pay tax, not front page news. So what you do is you create a climate of fear in the community and you use that fear you could call it political terrorism. Political terrorism is about using terror to get a political end. You create fear in the community, fear of the asylum seeker, fear of the refugee, fear of the Muslim, fear of the African, fear of the gay person, and the list goes on and 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 on to promote a particular you know, political you know, viewpoint. So be wary. I don't speak to corporate bludgers. When the Murdoch Empire in Foxtel pays some tax, stops receiving hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, tax refunds while making profits and diverting them offshore, maybe they're worthwhile buying or reading or even talking to. But in the interim, don't buy the shit. Make sure your mates don't buy the shit. Why support corporate bludgers? Why support corporate bludgers who are attempting to interfere in the political process on the 2nd of July to ensure their mates continue to make the rules? Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. You don't like what I said? Bad luck. You want to sue me? Fine. I need the publicity. Uh, you can ring us on 0439 395 489. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. 
Go to the Toscano number four Dunkley, D-U-N-K-L-E-Y, Facebook page. Become my friend. I need friends. Write to us at Post Office Box 20. Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. Go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org. Blow your mind. See what we're involved in. Join us in our activities. Can't join us? Organise your own activities. Email us at anarchistmedia.org. Go to the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website, pipsy.net. Go to the Pipsy Facebook page. Put Public Interest Before Corporate Interest in your search engine. And hey, presto. Learn about Pipsy. Become a member. Join us on Marbo Day. Join us on the 4th of June in Ballarat. Join us on the 5th of June. And the list goes on and on. Join the Wednesday Action Group. Lots of things to join. All you need is an excuse. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast 3cr.org.au. 3cr dot org dot au evil minds that plot destruction sorcerer of death's construction an analysis you'll never hear anywhere else anarchist world this week australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse 10 a.m every wednesday Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh!